Welcome to I'm Screaming, a podcast for anyone who's ever felt like shamelessly screaming at the top of their lungs over a moment in pop culture. Because sometimes pop culture can be scary and you just gotta let it out. Let's scream about it together. Hello, Megan. Hello, Giselle. The countdown is on, Miss Megan Brady. I mean, as we just discussed off mic. Off <laughs> mic, our favorite thing do. to do. <laughs> um, both of us are feeling a little, I think, manic, a little excited, a little like um, impatient, I would say. Definitely. definitely. Um, because as the listeners know, as we told them last week, we are going on vacation. Yes. We are leaving Friday night. We are. So by the time this is reaching your ears, we'll be less than 48 hours away. But right now, you know, it's a Wednesday afternoon and the minutes just feel like hours and the hours just feel like days. And it's it's, you know, it's a bit tough to focus on anything at this moment. It's definitely really tough. It's funny because I was listening to our episode last week like a little bit of it. And at the beginning of that episode, we also said we were manic. And I'm realizing that um, it feels like it's a current state of being right now. Like just that energy, the chaos, the uh, anticipation, all of it is just so much right now. But um, as you all know, we are going on a trip and we're really excited. So we are really excited. That is why all this energy is also in our souls. For those who don't know, Okay, Our, this yes. trip has been genuinely over two years in the making. Yes. Like, like two and a half years in the making, basically, because we had this trip booked for April 2020. And then what happened? Oh, right. COVID happened. Yeah. We booked this trip in like January and, 2020. And we had to, you know, cancel all of our flights and get refunds for everything. And and we finally found a time that works for us to do this again. And we've expanded the trip and we've made it like even better, to be honest. Yeah. Um, so this just feels like it feels momentous. It feels like insane that it could be possibly happening in, in two days. So we're just. Um, <laughs> yes. As you guys can tell, we are very uh, superstitious because like I think it's just so <laughs> it's so there's so much anticipation building to this trip because like. Meg just said we've been waiting for it for literally over two years Mm -hmm. and so obviously we still live in an era of like kind of COVID there's lots of things that have to happen to make sure that we get on that plane um so (laughs) the current one is like we had to take a COVID test today because apparently we're going to the only European (laughs) country that is required to have a negative COVID (laughs) test to get into um, so and we're not even flying directly there, by the way. We're just we just have a literal hour layover, right, on our way to a country that would would never even ask to see a vaccination card. So, um, yeah, it's just so that's a part of it as well. Um, and yeah, so there's just so much going on, and we're working. We're working girls, right? We have our we jobs are working that, girls. that are demanding, and and you know. It's stressful to, I mean, annoyingly, it's stressful to leave your job behind for a little bit for right. vacation, even though we should be perfectly, you know, if we were European, we would literally be like taking the whole fucking summer off and being like, oh, I just need some, I just need some time to myself, right? Exactly. And like nobody would even question it, but if we were European, you know we'd be America, having siestas. You know the we'd American be- dream, right? We have to be working 24 <laughs> seven, otherwise we're not hustling. And as Kim Kardashian said, nobody wants to work these days. Get your ass up and work. 
Um, so it is a bit stressful because of the culture that we live in, but um, I, for one, and I know you are just all too because you said it before, I'm just like in need of a vacation, in need of a break. Yes. And need some time away. So um, that's, that's that. So yes, and we did tell you last week that – we won't be back until July, so you'll yes. have a few weeks without us, sadly. Um, I'm sure we'll post some content for you. Um, of course. Meantime, the content will be absolutely popping. You know, because the, the celebs won't ever stop or anything. Um, and uh, I'm sure there'll be some, like, breaking news stories that we'll have to do a little comment on on of our course. Instagram story. So make sure you're exactly. following us on Instagram. And we'll be together. Like, we're always together, but we'll be together in a different way because we'll actually be, like, living with each other for two weeks. So who knows? There could be some some sporadic content with us together that is posted. I would love that. Keep your eyes out. I mean, but, I'm declaring it the summer of TikTok, yes. which is different from the last two summers that were also summers of TikTok because I want to make TikToks. Weirdly. Yes. I just have this strange kind of urge to make TikToks. But um, also, Giselle. Oh, Happy National Best Friend Day. Happy National Best Friend Day, Megan Brady. Um, if you guys don't know, we are we are already famous, but we yeah. are even more famous today because <laughs> um, Outdoor Voices has once again on this day, this is like the year two, literally of them has posting. chosen to post a photo of us from two years ago when we were in P-Town. Happy Pride. Yep. P- Happy we were Pride. in P-Town. Uh, like, literally the first time we saw each other post, like, the five-month quarantine that happened. So And we had um, all ordered the Outdoor Voices exercise yes. dresses in lockdown. So yes. we all had matching ones. And it was they iconic. love to share that photo. They truly love it. So we were posted on Outdoor Voices. Where are the followers? Listen to I'm Screaming. Um, also, I was going to say quickly before we jump in, Meg, I, I think I know why the world is in such disarray. Why? Because you are not social media famous on any platforms yet. And I think it's throwing an imbalance in the world. So I'm hoping that while we're on this trip and during this summer, we can put a right back into this world of wrongs, which is making Megan Brady TikTok famous. Everyone, let's get on board. I already have the campaign going for Twitter and people are failing me. I know, um, but I'm also failing you because I haven't tweeted in like two weeks. I know, you, but I so, think it's because we're pivoting, we're pivoting channels. We're, we're pivoting, pivoting channels. channels, yes. Okay, I mean, I'm down for that. Yeah, I, uh, I love that. Energy. Who knows, maybe everything will, you know, there's a disturbance in the forest. Like, <laughs> we're, you know, we're coming for the vibe. We feel right? it, we feel it. Did you see that tweet that everyone's been sharing? It's like become a meme at this point where it's like, NASA says there's something afoot or there's something like amiss with our universe yeah. or whatever. <laughs> and it's like, okay, like for reals though, like we're in the wrong one. Like no, this is the like, wrong fucking path. Something is, went wrong and we are way far down the bad path. Who fucked it up? <laughs> um, wait, the last thing now I'm thinking about memes and also pride. Like once again, happy pride. Yes, happy yes. pride everyone. Um, the memes that have been killing me this pride are like <laughs> my parents like disowned me when I came out and that's why I'm partnering with always tampons <laughs> <laughs> because it's they'll like, never abandon me <laughs> literally because, like because there's no like it's just killing oh, me like all no. these memes of like it's the same thing that happens during like all the months like, oh yeah Black history month like all the months like it's just funny the way that brands and influencers like a tr- a connect trauma to make money is really just funny, but also like all our queer angels, like get in your bags. I support you fully, but I am gonna giggle. 
sometimes. Oh, 100%. <laughs> These are the ways that things the connect. The inbox is just too much sometimes. But I'm going to like, comment, and subscribe to your post for you to make that money. I exactly. I just have to say that it's killing me. <laughs> it's really making me chuckle. Um, okay, well, I guess since we're on the topic of pride, yes. we start with, I think, the most exciting thing that's happened to us and the world in the last week, I guess, which is a movie that Meg and I have been anticipating greatly, Fire Island yes. uh, premiered on Hulu. And if you guys don't know, Fire Island was written by Joel Kim Booster, starring two of our favorite people, Matt uh, Rogers. Wow, I couldn't think of his last name. Matt Rogers and Bowen Yang, uh, the hosts of Las Culturistas, yes. podcast we both love. Also, just like hilarious, funny humans. And Meg, how did you feel about the movie? Oh, I loved it. It was just perfectly delightful, um, super well done. Like, I think just, like, an amazing addition to, like, the rom-com canon. We needed it. Um, And such a really, like, faithful adaptation of Pride and Prejudice, but also so unique in its telling of it, obviously, with these queer, like, stories and everything. Can I be Um, honest with you? Yeah. Why don't I remember the plot of Pride and Prejudice? I read it, like, when I was, like, 16 years old. But I'm, like, I guess the plot is the movie, but I'm, like, wait, what? Well, like, they obviously have to change stuff. But, like, I mean, I guess, like, summarize. There's, like, the five Bennett sisters and their mom, who's, like, really manic, since we're using the word manic a lot. And their dad is, like, really, like, whatever. And then, like... The Bingley, Mr. Bingley moves and, and Netherfield is let at last. And then like Jane and Bingley like fall in love. But Bingley's friend Darcy is really like kind of brooding and mysterious and also rude. And his like sister Caroline is the is the other guy from their house that like okay. is like whatever. And they convince him like not to marry Jane. And then like there's Mr. Wickham who is like okay, has a thing back with Lizzie and then he ends up eloping with Lydia but also like not so that's like the whole Matt Rogers like sex tape thing yeah and through all out all that like Mr. Darcy is revealed to be like a good person and they fall in love and okay wow I really really needed yeah. that so I know our listeners also probably needed that yes um making so much more sense to me now <laughs> uh I also don't think I've ever seen the is the Kira Knightley adaptation oh my of Prejudice, God, just which is like, why maybe I'm feeling behind on all. Of yeah, this. well, I think if yeah, it's definitely so. Like, obviously, I've seen like almost like every adaptation of Pride and Prejudice there is, basically, because mm-hmm. I just was like such an Austin head in high school and college, and like still am. I think I would call Pride and Prejudice the the 2005 version with Kira Knightley and Matthew McFadden like one of my comfort movies. Like, I put it on when I just like need to feel comforted and need to feel just like safe yes. like I literally watched it the day after the election like two years two years ago now at this point or a year and a half ago like when we were like remember how long it took for them to announce the results of the election yeah in 2020 like literally the next morning I like sat on this couch here and I just put on Pride and Prejudice and I was like I can't watch the news I need to watch my comfort film I love that. um but yeah, I mean, just a classic. We'll, we'll, we're going to have to get you to watch. I know. The I'll, I'll put it on my least. list. Yeah, for sure. We'll watch it together. Perfect. Um, but yeah, no, I just thought, and like, I watched um, clips of Matt and Bowen. They were on Hoda and Jenna this morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, so cute, like such fun energy. Like, I love Hoda. Like, she's so fabulous. Um, 
And they were talking, like, the, the thing that they kept coming back to was this, like, idea of found family, which is, like, obviously yeah. such a huge, you know, thing in the queer community. Um, and that, like, they made the sisters and, like, the Bennett family this found family that, like, comes together on Fire Island. And, like, even though they may not always get along or whatever, they're still, they still, like, have this love for each other. And they still yeah. have this, like, bond formed through, like, their shared experience and also, like, this place that they love. So, I mean, I just thought it was, like, a really clever way to you know like way to go about it but also it was also just like amazing representation and Mm -hmm. um to see just like you know like two asian leads too also yes bowen and joel kim um and also conrad rikamora who's fucking gorgeous come on like absolutely crushed mr darcy like ollie to mr darcy pipeline is iconic like if you guys were not on to him during how to get with murder he is total heartthrob status. Also, I found out he's apparently like 40-something, which is No, he's, yeah. He looks amazing. I mean, not that I, I keep seeing this on, on, like, the internet, and it's like when people are like, oh, my God, they're 35. It's like you're acting like 35 is ancient. But, like, you know, in our heads, like, I still feel like I'm 22 half the time, not 27. Same. Almost 28. Like, so age is kind of a hard concept when you're in your 20s, I think. Um, but, no, it's like just so good I, I was listening to last culture from last week I don't know if you listened to it but they had the director yeah. and Joel Kim on and they were talking about how when they cast Conrad it was like Joel Kim read with him and they were like um yeah like he he, he was like he flustered me like he made me flustered <laughs> and I like forgot my lines and it's like I wrote the fucking thing so I was like that's how I knew he was like gonna be the perfect person for the job um, so just so good. I mean, I did see a tweet and actually I just found it. Um, and it's just a, a like a quote tweet of this photo of him, like in yeah. the kitchen, like shirtless. And it's like, please, because y'all wasn't there when he was hacking computers for Miss Annalise Keating. Literally. <laughs> and it's absolutely the truth. remember where he came from, where he started. Um, no, it was oh, so funny. I, I did listen to that episode of their podcast and I love that they were talking about this idea that like, there's no, like, um. Like, the reason people love Mean Girls is because it's, like, quotable and it's just right. stupid. And, oh, like, yeah. I did, and I loved this. The scene, one of my favorite scenes from Fire Island was the Marissa Tomei The My Cousin scene. Vinny scene, which you yeah, know how much that Vinny. means to me because my cousin Vinny is, like, part of my culture. Yes. Well. Like, the culture that made me say culture was for me, to quote Las Culturistas. Literally. Um, and I know, like, that whole Imagine Your Idea speech from My Cousin Vinny. Like, yes. I fucking love it. It was um, so, so cute. Just like, who is this? No, like, that's my favorite part. He's like, out. no, bitch, who is this? I'm like, <laughs> no, it's so funny. And like, then the other guy's like, well, she was great in Ex Machina and Matt Rogers right. is like, you need to, you need to go right. like, exit this conversation. No, <laughs> it's Matt so was funny. great. The the line where he was like, um, does anyone will anyone trade me like a prep? For an for Adderall a, yes, or something. Yes. I was like, oh my god, Matt. And no. apparently he improv that line, which we heard from last week. Okay, Matt Rogers, give us acting. Come on, actor. Come on, drama. Um, no, but it's uh, it's just so good. And also, like, I uh, posted this today on my Instagram story, which is just like, people are so fucking annoying, which oh, I think you probably saw. The, like, the white woman who tweeted about the Bechdel test. <laughs> yeah, and then everyone, like, literally came for her life. It's honestly 
things like this that make me laugh. I'm like, people really have such audacity. And I love when they're gathered. Like, I love when the internet gathers people. Like oh, this. literally. Because I it's saw so, so many tweets. I saw so many tweets just that were just like F minus on the Bechtel scale. Right. <laughs> like, literally, literally, that was all it was. People were just like, this is ridiculous. Um, and yeah, I mean, yeah, basically just saying like there wasn't like enough lesbian representation for her or whatever. But right. it's just so. White I'm like, feminist, bitch, white it's feminism. not about you. White. It's not about you today, Literally. baby. It's not about you today, ma'am. Um, no, but yeah, I love the movie. It was so good. Also, any movie that's going to give me a fucking Muna cover of Britney Spears is an A-plus in my book. Um, there's your lesbian representation, bitch. <laughs> but also, um, I mean, the soundtrack itself, just like the boys remix yes. and ending with Last Dance is just so, so fucking iconic and clever. Um, and yeah, just if you haven't seen it, like, or haven't watched it, it's just perfectly, a perfectly delightful time. Perfect, perfect, perfect. perfect. So go watch it and stream it it. so that it gets even more attention. I do feel like it's probably doing well because I, you know, like them being on, you know, whatever, GMA. Is that what it is? Yes. I always forget whether it's GMA or the Today Show, like which one's which. I have no idea. Um, but, and just the promo that they're getting, um, it's awesome. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Um, and to transition into something that's not perfect, uh, I texted Meg this I sent Meg this yesterday. We've talked about it in passing, mm-hmm. but yesterday I actually couldn't believe the absolute audacity of a white man on this earth, and that is Austin Butler. <laughs> if he doesn't literally stop faking this Elvis accent in interviews, I'm gonna lose my damn shit. I I can't do it anymore. It's it's about to. He thinks it's giving promo for the movie. I'm about to not watch the movie well, he because I'm so giving, annoyed. He thinks it's giving Lady Gaga doing House of Gucci promo. Right, and but like, it's not. That was camp. Like that right. was camp. Austin Butler, you are pretentious. Literally, like you, like it's just so funny. I'm like the pi- like also the Austin Butler pipeline. Let's let us not forget everyone. Austin Butler, starting from his fucking Zoe 101 days, when he came in and I hated him because he replaced Chase, the icon yeah. that was on Zoe 101. <laughs> then, then transitioning into Sharpay's Fabulous Adventure, don't forget the Sharpay offshoot that was in the High School Musical franchise. How could I forget? How could I forget? Everyone. In my life, ever. Um, at that point, I, he dated Vanessa Hutchins, and I forget anything else he ever did. But dated her for years. That was his job for like eight years, was, was dating just Vanessa Hutchins. walking red carpets with her. Which like... Okay, and then I heard he was going to be Elvis, and I was like, okay, like, obsessed with you getting, like, your own thing, like, post Zoe 101 10 years ago. Like, yes, Austin Butler. And now, after, what, it's been announced for, like, three years at this point because of the pandemic, whatever. Well, I mean, that's what Tom Hanks was doing when he got COVID. He was filming the Elvis movie. Oh, yeah. At the beginning of the pandemic. So this has been years in the making for Mr. Butler. Right, and I'm like, so here we are. First of all... He's annoying. So that's one thing. Second of all, I need I need the world of culture to come to a come to Jesus. Like, now I'm sitting here on TikTok and everyone's telling me that uh, Elvis is a bad person who, like, apparently did some very bad things and stole music from people. I'm like, right. These are all probably things that happened, which is great. But then why? Like, the movie's happening. So are we going to see it or are we not? Like, what's the stance we're taking culturally on this person who's dead? I, I, it's just a lot for me. Like, I understand that everything has discourse. Like, truly, I get it. But I'm like, 
like what are we doing you know what i mean it feels like it's a lot right now like can we focus on like actual things that are happening today like real people in the, that are alive still in the industry that are fucking shit up and terrible people. Let's right. put our energy on them instead of like this thing that's happening. Like I understand that like whatever, but it's just feeling like we're focusing on the wrong things. I, I have to tell you Giselle, and I don't know if it's, it's a part of like my whole mood and attitude this week towards like everything that's yeah. not yeah. doing nothing. Um, but I don't care about the Elvis movie. Like, oh, I, and yeah. they're, they're not getting me to care about it. Like, I think this is going along with what you're saying. It's like, everyone seems to care so much about it and I just can't find the energy to care about it. Right. Right. Also, I, also, I think it helps that like, it's coming out, I think like next week or whatever yeah. when we're away. So we're not going to see it. Like the, at least the first two weekends it's in theaters. Yeah. Um, so I'm just kind of like, okay, well I'll see that when I see it. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So, but yeah, I don't know. It's just not something that like is like really interesting to me. <laughs> I know. This and is so and- I think Austin Butler is doing this thing and it's so fucking pretentious and annoying, especially considering the amount of discourse we've gotten in the last couple of years over like method acting and the way that like a lot of male actors use method acting as like an excuse to be an asshole, right? right. And like that like I'm in character, like I don't need to like, you know be nice to people meanwhile you have like Taika Waititi I saw this interview circulating circulating where he was like no he's like I don't really prepare he's like I just kind of show up and I he's like I'm playing Blackbeard and he's like I like googled him and the Wikipedia had too many words and the accent was too hard so I'm just doing my own accent (laughs) literally I was like like, Taika also did you see Taika and Rita are apparently engaged Oh, no. Wait, there was an amazing Daily Mail headline about it. <laughs> I have to find Taika it. Taika literally just getting divorced and, like, living his life. Honestly, I feel like if we dug into that, it would be a little bit more shady on Taika's part. Definitely, but definitely. we're not going to do that right now. I don't know if I can do that. Uh, For richer pretty... or a poorer. The Daily Mail. Rita Ora to marry Taika Waititi in intimate ceremony after getting engaged with A-list London celebration to follow. I just, it's all chaotic. It's all chaotic. Ooh, a first look at My Policeman starring Harry Styles, Emma Corrin, and David Dawson will be released tomorrow. Okay, that's content I care about. I mean, absolutely. But yes, I mean, I'm just like totally on your side with this Austin Butler thing. Like, it's so embarrassing. And I saw TikToks that were like, if this was a woman doing this, like, like why are we, like, they'd be called like a pick me, right? And like, right. obnoxious. Like, and why are we allowing it to be like, oh my God, Austin Butler, he's so hot. Like, he's like, he sounds like a clown when he's explaining like, yeah, you know, sometimes I just fall back into it because it was an accent I lived in for two years. It's like, why? Why? Right. Why did you do that? Exactly. Like. It's enough. It's I enough. don't talk about like my job stuff or whatever like really or I'm not like in job mode and I'm not using my job skills when I'm not working right so like leave the leave the character on set babes leave the character on set like get over yourself let's move on to the next role let's be normal when we do these fucking promos it's just all too much the the white man privilege is showing i can't deal it's not making me want to see the movie no it's like you're not making me endeared to elvis you're making me annoyed (laughs) and i do think you're so right like with these biopics and there's something else we can talk about with this that you know just kind of happened um 
you know, there's so much about like, and this is like a whole thing with the Academy and the Oscars, like how much they award these performances that are like real people because yeah. they're just awarding like how much you can like sound and look like them, right? Yeah. Which I don't really think like is like good because like it, that's just an imitation, right? It's it's not really, you know, creating a character, like making your own or whatever. Right. Um, but... Yeah, it's just with these biopics, it's so tired. Like, I'm tired of, of, like, the whole, like, march around about Elvis and, like, the whole crew of them that showed up to the Met Gala. Like, it's just all, like, so silly. It's, I'm no, just, it's... like, I don't necessarily really care about Elvis, unfortunately. Sorry. You know right. I, mean? I don't, And like I don't... you said, and like you said, there's problematic nature, like, part of it, too. So, you know... Of course, that's going to get dragged up and like right. they're going to have to defend why they're still like making this ode to this person. But it's just exhausting because there's so much, so many bad people right now, right, that are still working and like getting work. And it's just kind of like, let's. Right. I'm just let's. I'm tired of it. I'm exhausted. I don't care enough. Like, mm-hmm. and Austin Butler's annoying me. So that's how I feel about the Elvis movie. The, the Doja Cat song is good. But also from the, I'm like, is this doing what you want it to do? Because I feel like Doja Cat making that song that's being promoted by the Elvis movie and sampling or like using the version that was by the original black woman that did it is just unearthing the fact that Elvis stole music right. from black people. But they're so trying like, to like, what's happening? But they're trying <laughs> to get ahead of that discourse. But also right. like if they're, if they didn't do that, then there wouldn't be the discourse in the first place. So it's like, no, it's by getting ahead of the discourse, they're creating the discourse. Right. I, that's the, and that's what <laughs> the original point I was like, that's what I'm no, saying. No, hundred percent. I'm like, what do you want me to believe? What do right. you, what your marketing is not making sense. Right. So, like, get it together. That's all I have to say about Elvis. Um, I guess pop off off Austin Butler at the end of the day because he's going to be, like, super fucking famous now. Even more, like, than he already is. Because he's going to be in Dune Part 2. Oh, he is? Yeah. Who knew? Not me. LOL. Um, I should know these things, shouldn't I? um, But the other thing is that we mentioned, or that we were talking about off mic, but that just Mike. got announced is that we finally know who is America's next top model, who survived the Madonna biopic boot camp. Yes. Um, I only have one picture in my hands, and it is of Julia Garner of Ozark inventing. and <laughs> inventing Anna fame. Why do you look poor? Why are you poor? <laughs> I'm obsessed. I don't um, have time for this. I don't have, have time, time for, for you. <laughs> I mean, I've never seen Ozark, but I have seen Inventing Anna, and she was great. I saw some people, like, some discourse talking about it, and it was, like, the thing is, like, Julia Garner's a great actress, so, like, in theory, this will be good, but, I, I mean, once again, I'm, like, I know Madonna is a cultural icon. I get it, but, like, why do we need a biopic about Madonna? She's still doing it. I mean, it. she's producing it her like she's doing it i'm like so it's but just you're pure, still it's alive pure and narcissism doing, right it's like pure narcissism basically she's probably doing it so that people can't do it after she's dead so that she can like have a say over it right 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 i'm like also madonna aren't you like 60 like i it just all feels like a bit like why are we doing this madonna is 63 she oh her birthday's august 16th which makes her a leo so this all make all makes a lot of sense actually Chaos. And an August Leo at that. <laughs> okay, come on, August Leo. I mean, 
anyway, um, yeah. I, I again, like, am I gonna probably sit my butt in a theater and watch the Madonna biopic at some point when it comes out? Right. Yes. Am I, you know, dying every second that it's not right in front of me? No. Um, but I do think Julia Garner will be good because she's very good at these like transformative roles yeah. like we've seen her do a bunch of different accents she was amazing in this movie it was like a smaller movie that came out on hulu a couple years ago called the assistant um okay. and it was it was like really i think one of the best movies that i've seen that addresses the kind of like me too movement and like sexual harassment in the workplace and things like that maybe i've heard of um, it yeah matthew mcfadden was also in it um, okay from succession and pride and prejudice we've, we've mentioned him twice today um, but really good movie if you haven't seen it. Like really like unsettling, but also yeah. like true. Like felt really like okay. true and real. Um, and she was just really good in it. So I mean, I think of everyone that was up for it. Like they had like Alexa Demi and Sydney Sweeney up for it, and I'm just like, you can't. Can I say something? Yeah. I'm just saying in the fight of Cassie and Maddie, like more justice for Alexa Demi though. Like where are her acting roles? She, I feel girl, like I'm getting girl, Sydney Sweeney shoved down my throat. My girl does Euphoria every two and a half years now, I guess. And like random magazine spreads and that's it. <laughs> she's like, I'm fucking done. And she's like, I don't want to do anything. But I'm just like, I guess truly... I will say the two things that I've seen her in are Waves mm-hmm. and Euphoria. Same. Um, I think the Waves performance is a little less like angry and, and mean girl, but it's, yeah. it's the same performance. So Never um, not chaotic, though. No, never not chaotic. Waves, absolutely a nightmare of an experience. Yeah, I, that movie um, really trauma. Like, I have never written a more like serious letterbox review yeah. that actually got people to like it. That was the one because I was like, this experience oh, yeah, was so traumatizing off. for me. And that whole <sighs> theater experience was just stressful as well, too. Oh, my God. Terrible. Um, but, but yeah, so happy for Julia Garner, I guess. I mean, Ozark is over, so she has all the time in the world to do this kind of stuff. Um, yeah, she'll definitely and, keep having work. Oh, definitely. I mean, my girl has, like, two Emmys for Ozark. It's crazy. Oh, wow. I'm sure she'll probably get, it, like, randomly nominated for Inventing Anna, too. Like, the Academy loves different academies like they love to reward people they've rewarded in the past they love to like, yeah like crown it girls and it's probably julia garner at this point but well go off julia garner i go guess go off madonna yeah we're literally like ugh, i hope she's a good person i'm like yeah you know i i i want her to be good i want to reward kind woke i hate that word but you know white women so like i hope she's one of those people. as in madonna or as in julia garner as in julia garner okay <laughs> <laughs> even though madonna's son was seen wearing this like fabulous dress i'm like go off madonna's son we I all just know say, they don't really care about us <laughs> so much there's too much to unpack with that video no, that shook us during quarantine of madonna's son dancing to michael jackson during the <laughs> pandemic it was ah, chaotic um Going into another thing, honestly, that's chaotic, but also absolutely we expected this. We knew this was happening. The contract has ended. Therefore, they're cashing their checks and moving on with their lives. Michael B. Jordan and Lloyd Harvey have broken up friends. After only a year together, it felt like three. It felt like they were together for the content that they put out in that year due to contractual obligations. 
allegedly, but due to contractual obligations was astounding. Yeah, see, that's, it's just, it's like the way that he rented out an aquarium for Valentine's Day and they were like over the top on social media, like it just was never going to feel authentic. No, unfortunately, especially because like there was the whole narrative of like Michael B. Jordan needing to date a black woman because he had this narrative that he only dated white women. Yeah. And, you know, Lori Harvey being this like serial dater girl who's like jumping from like, you know, fathers and sons to future to like, you know, whatever. Like she needed people to forget that she dated future. Um, Yeah. I mean, this isn't surprising at all. I, I like. At first, I was like, oh, my God. And then I was like, oh. I was like, it, this felt like it was it was kind of, like, nearing its time. Yeah, I mean, literally, let's think about the facts. What has Lori Harvey done in the year she dated Michael B. Jordan? She got invited to the Met Gala, went to the Met Gala, basically went viral for saying that she does Pilates. Yeah. Two, Instagram started a zine, and she was on the cover of said zine and, like, the new Instagram rebrand, and also was on the cover of Bustle and many other random-ass digital magazines. Three, she started a full skincare line called Skin, which is literally the same as Kim Kardashian, but whatever, um, by Lori Harvey or whatever. That was a flop, of course, but also she did that. Um, And basically put herself somehow into public relevance, even though all she was doing was dating random people. Like, these, this is when people talk about public or publicity relationships i this can't even exactly, think of a more clear one like you said michael b jordan needed to it. say that he dated black women like right. it's i just it's it's, it's <sighs> yeah and needed to be seen as this like i mean like michael b jordan's like pushing 40 at this point right yeah he needed to be seen as this like more serious guy who isn't like you know a playboy but is someone who like has a girlfriend that he loves and like whatever in addition to all that like, I it's saw just... a, I saw a TikTok that was like, uh, Michael B. Jordan and Lori Harvey break up because Michael says that he wants to settle down and Lori is not yeah. ready. And it was like, well, why don't you maybe date someone who's also 36 or 35 instead of someone who's 23 years old? Maybe right. then they would want to settle down. Of like, she wanna, she's literally young. Like, let her live her fucking life. Right, like, and also just, she got what she needed out of you. Right, <laughs> sorry. All the photos are yeah, already Michael deleted. B. Jordan is actually, you know, broken hearted about this. I'm like, you got played, babe. Yeah, like I you mean, got played. No I'm one. Sure he's fine. I would bet literal money on that, like, to see that contract. I know there was a contract written by publicists. I know, I know, I feel it in my soul. Being a publicist and knowing people in marketing, I, I know. I would bet so much money on this contract that this was a contractual relationship. Mm -hmm. You know, like I said, props to, I guess, props to Lori Harvey. Even though Lori Harvey, I mean, everyone just has a troubled past, right? Like, Lori Harvey. At this point, yeah. But also Lori Harvey dating Michael B. Jordan and making everyone forget about her hit and run. Like. Oh, my God. Literally. This is what I'm saying. Lori Harvey had so much to gain from dating Michael B. Jordan, and he did, too. Like. And they both gained as much as they could, and now it's over. Right. Everyone, if you didn't know, you witnessed your first publicity relationship. There's been so many more, but this was the most transparent to me. Oh, yeah. Um, so, so obvious. Also, like, not to bring up this other supposed publicity couple, but the way they posted was so similar to the way that, like, Priyanka Chopra and Nick Jonas post, where it's, like, only on holidays. Did you see, Giselle, did you see she sent him, like, 
a champagne and like a big like poster for the first night of the Vegas residency and it was like wish I could be there like hope it's amazing love pre or whatever was like written on the thing and then Nick in the background is like videotaping it on his stories and he's like thanks babe so thoughtful first night of residency let's go and I was like Nick no let's brush up on those acting skills it's he played a gay man on tv Literally, like, it's giving... I'm sorry, I can no longer defend, like, the, the publicity relationship of Nick and Priyanka. If they're it feels like it's gone a, a long way with this baby. If, it, if it's a PR relationship, which there are many signs that point to that, it's gone a long way now that there's this baby. I feel like the baby was because Priyanka wanted a baby. Yeah. hundred No, 100%. I, I like... I, you know what haunts me about that? They both like posted the same thing when they like revealed that she was the baby was home. I think yeah. on Mother's Day, which like I'm glad the baby's good and like you know she was like born early or whatever. But like they both had in their, I mean it was the same one, but they wrote like let's get it mm. Like it's so sinister. like the baby's initials like let's get it mm like like let's get life like let's get it. It's so <laughs> I, it haunts me whenever I think of them that echoes in my mind that let's get it mm. And I'm just I like, please so make much. it stop. Please make it stop. Literally, please make it stop. Um, yeah, no, it's absolutely sinister. Like the breakup of Lori and Michael, but it was completely expected. Um, yeah, that's really all we have to say about that. That's all she wrote about that. The inevitable happened. Congrats to them for getting what they wanted. Yeah. Congrats to those people. Um, okay, moving into maybe Obi One updates. Yeah. So we talked about this a little bit last week. The Obi One Kenobi series is here. It is in the flesh. Uh, I actually watched them all again because Tim started watching, so I watched oh. them again with him. So I'm even more well versed on the first three episodes. What's what does Tim think? He's like obsessed with it. Okay. Of course, for the listeners. Uh, my boyfriend like loves Star Wars, but has some weird vendetta against like the, the Mandalorian, Mandalorian for whatever reason. He says because they are like they gone. aren't canon. Yeah, it's not. I'm like, but it is. Have you seen it? No. Um, because the Mandalorian has like a gun instead of like a lightsaber. He doesn't like the pew pew. So like, there we go. Yeah. Um, but I told him that Obi Wan Kenobi was uh more canon, obviously because it's literally about Obi Wan Ben. It's about Ben. Um, so we watched it, and he actually really liked it. Uh, so that's that. That's why I watched it again. On the third episode, which is the most recent one we're catching up on, how did you feel about it, Meg? Um, I did watch four today, so let me rewind back to... Oh, so I, this is the first appearance of Darth Vader. Yeah, I had to yes. avoid spoilers, but the one thing I saw about a spoiler that is not a spoiler, basically this guy... Have you seen? He's so annoying, but I do follow him. Soups. Yeah, I can't stand soups. He's so annoying. His voice annoys me, and I couldn't scroll past before I heard him being like, Spider-Man No Way Home. <laughs> He's like, sorry, this is Spider-Man so no Way fucking Home. mean, Soups. You're an icon, but I'm going to just say it in your voice right now, because this is how you speak. You're not, uh, this is how you speak. But he's like, guys, I have to say that you know I was anticipating. I was anticipating the release of Obi-Wan Kenobi, but I have to say that episodes four was not it for me. I didn't like it. I was like, because he said that it was boring. I was like, and filler and nothing happened, but I, I haven't seen it yet, so I don't know. But I mean, uh, I don't agree that nothing happens. That's that's all <laughs> I'll say. But I definitely was like half paying attention to it. I, I will probably have to watch it again. 
Um, again, I, my mind is adrift this week. I'm really, I'm really yeah. unable to focus on anything. Um, but yeah, I mean, here's the thing about Obi Wan Kenobi. Should it exist? Probably not. Does yeah. it need to exist? Probably not. Is it fine entertainment? Yes. That's what I'll say about it. Is yeah. it fun? Is it fun seeing like Ewan McGregor? Is Leia amazing? Is getting to see Kid Leia amazing? Absolutely. Give Kid do Leia I like, her Emmy. Do I like these little like side characters? I like Reva. The like she's like fully the villain. Yeah. I like. There's a um. There's a new character this week who's like I I like I like um. Whatever her name is from last from episode yeah, three who like yeah. saves him. Um, it's fun. It's like with but like everything so it's like everything outside of the like Anakin Obi-Wan kind of fight and like vengeance plot line is like interesting that that plot line kind of feels so stale to me because I'm like we have we to know, know ha- we know it happens like in literally the first ever Star Wars movie Darth Vader kills Obi-Wan Kenobi like that is just what happens canonically right right so so all of this is just filling in a gap that we didn't, that was like, it's going to end with Obi-Wan back on Tatooine watching over Luke because that's where we find him in A New Hope. So it all just feels a little pointless. But yeah, some that's... of the little, the side parts and these new characters that we're meeting along the way, love. Yeah, that's what Tim was saying too. Like we just, like we know what happens. So like right. it's enjoyable, but it's also like. There are no stakes. We know what ha- Yeah. And that is, yeah, I mean, we'll talk about this a little bit with Miss Marvel because the first episode came out, but also in general with just, like, the Disneyification of everything that's happening. It's just, like, I don't know who the head of Disney Plus is, but, like, I need them to get, like, I need them to get a Kevin Feige energy in there. Like, it's just, like, it it all feels like it's so much budget, but also, like, where is the storyline what are, like you said, what are the stakes? Like, it's all just kind of like we're putting out content to literally put out content, which right. like, I guess is like the money-making machine. But like, I agree, like nothing, like truly I have to say, like in the last year and a half or however long Disney Plus has been out, like truly, truly the only two shows that have like shook me or like made me feel something were WandaVision and uh, Moon Knight, honestly. Like, because WandaVision was the first and also it was good and it was different than all these other ones. And right. also Moon Knight is felt so unlike everything else in the Marvel universe. Right. You, know I what nev- I mean? you never knew what was gonna happen. Also, like, also they the Mandalorian still... it was good and it is oh, good. Yeah. Because 100%. it it's not it is obviously like they tied it into canon in the season of and the end of season two, but like it like was so its own thing. It can still exist on its own too. I'm like I'm right. kinda like don't bring Luke in season no. three. Don't bring Ahsoka in season three. Like, let them do their own thing. Let it be like him being the trying to be the ruler of Mandalore or whatever with his fucking kid. Like, Literally. that's what I want to see. But like, we're getting the Ahsoka show, so like, they're gonna explain how Luke and Ahsoka know each other. And I'm just kind of like, you're literally just without saying it, backfilling all the gaps in Star Wars, right? right? Rather than giving us something fresh and new, it's still always gonna come back to like the main trilogy like the main three trilogies basically where it's like the same themes over and over and over again. And it's like, I love star Wars. I love those movies. I can even find it in me to watch rise of Skywalker again. Right. You know what I mean? (laughs) To watch Adam driver, like, because he's great in it and I love him, but like, it's just, 
it gets so hard when it's the same thing over and over again. You're just kind of like, give me something new. I mean, we said this all last week. And, like, this really is, like, I don't think we've ever been, like, blindly in love with any of this stuff. Like, we're always, like, ready and willing to critique something if there's something wrong with it. But I do just think, like, they are shoving it down our throats so much now that you and I are just kind of like, it's enough, right? Yeah, and we were also starved, we felt like, during the pandemic, like, the first year of the pandemic. Like, you know how fucking excited we were to get in the theater to watch Black Widow and to get into the theater to watch... Shang-Chi and oh like God, how yeah. much like those two movies like even though Black Widow was fine we loved Shang-Chi Eternals was fine but like we felt like so at lit. least they were different right at least they were different I will say like obviously Spider-Man No Way Home was like an exception to a rule because it was such a special theater moment right and like also like just like a once a once one time thing and like really just cool right but Every other thing has just been, unless it's new people, like with Shang-Chi and even with Eternals, as much as Eternals was like kind of a drag sometimes, like at least it was new characters. At least it was a new kind of story. At least it was something different, right? Agreed. Same with Shang-Chi. Whereas like all this stuff, even as much as I enjoyed Hawkeye, as much as I still enjoyed Falcon and Winter Soldier, even though it was a fucking mess, like... (laughs) it really just doesn't feel like we're going anywhere with some of these characters. And I'm just kind of like, maybe it's time to just like leave some of these old characters behind and do literally fully all new people. Right. Right. And also also, like like, pace yourself a little bit. It's all too much at once. And also we, I think we're losing the point of what we originally set out with these Disney plus shows. Like to me, like the Disney plus show, when I thought about Falcon and winter soldier, I was like, great. We're going to see what happens with Bucky and Sam right after uh, end game happens we're gonna wrap their stories and let them be now we literally have to have sam be the fucking captain america and have captain america 4 i'm like enough. yeah I think, they, I think they actually started our production like i love anthony mackie and i want him to be successful but like please let him do something else like right. we don't need that and i think it's just yeah you like you said meg like we have too much content and like i can't even like be it's like I am happy to watch Obi Wan Kenobi, and like it is fun to watch, but like it just doesn't feel like an ex- like a moment anymore right. because it's just like, yeah, like here's the Obi Wan Kenobi show, like we've been and waiting know, for it for like, also a hundred years. Yeah. So it's like I know that the whole narrative is that like you and McGregor was so beloved as Obi Wan in the prequels, right? Like I I'd, I'd say probably as someone like coming to Star Wars a little bit later, the prequels were like initially ve- received like not super well, right? And I think there's been this kind of, like, reckoning with them that, like, people are like, the prequels are good, actually. And, like, there's a lot of good stuff in there. And people were just, like, mad. Because, again, Star Wars is for kids, right? Like, all of this stuff is really, really for kids at the end of the day. Like, but, you know, you unlock your inner kid and you just, like, enjoy it. Um, But I really do think, like, Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan Kenobi was the kind of defining character of the prequels in a lot of ways. Like, Mm -hmm. other than... Darth Vader and Anakin Skywalker and like people just love that performance so much that they were always like when are you gonna play him again when are you gonna play him again when are you gonna play him again and then it's like like you said it's 20 years later 15 years later like and we don't really need this this filler story right it'd be a different story if they had done like a live action Clone Wars like yeah something in that time right where where Anakin's still Anakin and and you know then we, we get introduced to Ahsoka in the live action. We get introduced to all these other Jedi, right? Give us more characters. Give us more, you know, like, give us that story on, like, a live action scale. Like, that would be interesting, actually. Right. I would love to see that. But, like, 
it's too late at this point. And, you know, Ewan McGregor is like 20 years older and Hayden Christensen is 20 years older. I'm also just like, you know, they made such a big deal about Hayden coming no, back No, say it, Meg. Say it! And it's like, he's in the... He's not in it. Like, he's barely in it. It's just... It's just all... Like, I can't. I agree. I agree. I can't... I, I That's truly... I agree. Like, they hyped it up. They did all of this. For it to just be fine. Like, right. it's just... It's just fine. It's just, I wanted... I really, really wanted it to be more than fine. But it really is just fine. Right. And that's that's that. And like we we've also said this a lot too, but like it's now proving itself to be true in this Obi Wan show to me is like this six episode format is not the tea in my opinion because the first two episodes are like good or lit or exciting. They're setting up a lot. The middle two or the middle three always suffer. It's always a fucking mess. And then they deliver a, a fun ending or Because something. at the end of the day, this should just be a two and a half hour movie. Right. Like, it's just, it's messy. And you know, like, Moon Knight was kind of chaotic in the middle too, but I think that that story was so isolated that was fun. But like, other shows that we loved that didn't have that same six episode format, The Mandalorian. Yeah. And WandaVision. Like. Yeah. And like, each of them felt like, obviously WandaVision was building to something, but like with the Mandalorian, and the Mandalorian has like a thread throughout, at least, especially the first series. But like, the first season was like, every episode was like a different little adventure, right? Like right. you're meeting new characters and you're like facing new dangers. And that's, again, like, I think what this kind of streaming television is missing, right? Where it's like, when it's all one big narrative, like when you think back to like, <laughs> the age of like, weekly drops and on cable tv right something like glee something like gossip girl obviously completely different genres and formats and whatever but it's like yeah there was a there was a thread that got you through to like you know mid-season and then second second half of the season but like week to week there were different things different stories different yeah. little like challenges to overcome right and some of these shows some of these disney plus shows really need to take a look at that method a little bit more and be like, oh, yeah, we can make this something that's just a little bit more of, like, an adventure every week. And then, yeah, maybe you all it all comes together. Like, there's a thread throughout. Like, with Doctor Who. Literally. You remember the way Doctor Who is? It's like yeah. every week was a new alien, a new planet, a new adventure. But there was this thread throughout. Bad Wolf, the, the, the stitch in the wall with Matt Smith. Like that then came together and then and then you see how it all relates right so i think like that kind of format needs needs to be applied to some of these some of these shows not something like an obi-wan kenobi because you know he's not doing anything he's in the desert if this like adventure <laughs> didn't come up for him but like something some of these marvel shows need to just kind of do that and take from the comics like each each episode could be a different little comic adventure right yeah. and i don't know I mean, I'm not in charge, so I can't make that happen. But Kevin, if you're listening, <laughs> yeah, Kevin, you know, we know you listen. Uh, yeah, and I mean to round it out, like Miss Marvel is here. Already. It is here. It's, it it's is quite here. sweet. It's quite sweet. It's. I it's, agree. I think the the structure. I think like the like editing and the you know it's her fun. drawings are really cool, really fun. It's giving Spider-Man: Homecoming vibes. Yeah, which we love. Um, I was laughing out loud kind of with with like glee a bit during the scene i don't know if you got to it where they go to avenger con yeah 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 
because it was just delightful like it was just like so fun to see like this is something that really happens in real life right like but like this is a world in which these people are real right and like it was just so funny to watch like I loved that sequence I also loved what you texted me about the line about how Scott Lang went on a bunch of podcasts and told everyone everything that happened in Avengers Endgames that's how they know or whatever yes like that those anecdotes are funny yeah like and and I think it'll be fun I mean it's a bit it's a bit ridiculous the way that she like gets her powers yeah. I'm like gonna need a little bit of an explanation and and also like again the first episode a lot of it felt like you know the same old kind of hero origin story but I love her I think she's super charismatic yeah I and, agree and obviously the representation is so fucking important and wonderful yeah. did she need to have a white male best friend no Right. But I guess we always have to have a white male at the forefront we, of a Marvel we show. We always have to. They're, they um, literally won't let us breathe. I'm also like, make her queer. Like, I feel like she has a crush on this girl from school that she saves. Right. Like, like what's going come on? on? Like, the Young Avengers are all are all gay. That's like, what I'm saying. Honestly, I was just sitting here thinking, like, to me, the pipeline that we're going on, like, give me the Young Avengers. Give me Haley, give me Flo. And make that, like, make that something like what I was saying. Like, a different kind of focus every week. Focus on a different Young Avenger, but have all them be in the same kind of world vibe, world, like, hanging out. I don't know. That's what we loved about the Avengers movies was their whole, like, whenever they would all be in a room together, like, trading barbs and, like, fighting and whatever. I don't know. I mean, I feel like half the time, sometimes, as much as you and I love this, and this is, like, something that we share and we love so much and we're always going to, um, and obviously our listeners listen to us talk about this, so I hope that they like it as well, but sometimes when I do talk about Marvel, I feel like I listen to the words coming out of my mouth. I'm like, Megan, you're, like, 27 years old, right? Like, (laughs) stop taking this so seriously. But I don't know. Like, you got to, like, take some, you know, got to, like, have some critique of it, Yeah, like, Marvel is for kids, but also, like, it is one of the biggest movie empires in the literal universe. 100%. Like, it and feels... there's a formula, and there was a reason why those earlier movies worked, and a reason why some of these later ones, latest ones, aren't working. Yeah. And so they gotta like maybe if it's to, if it's to take a step back and figure out what's going wrong with some of this stuff, that's fine. Right, and also like taking it like we said, like the phases felt like intentional and important. Like it just. We just need some structure. I need so, like also there's been so much content. I'm like, is it still phase four? What's going it on is. here? Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm like, it's just so yeah, so much going on, so much chaos, so much content, which is I guess another theme. Uh, but yeah, I think as we go on this hiatus for the next two weeks, there will be two more episodes of Miss Marvel. We will return with our thoughts. We'll finish. I believe we'll Obi Wan Kenobi will be done, so we will be also done. Miss- by the time we get back Which and we'll insane. be Thor Love and Thunder will be fucking upon us like yes. literally breathing down our necks so um lots to catch up on there I don't I mean who knows like what kind of announcements we're gonna get after Thor Love and Thunder considering like you know we have this um release date for She-Hulk in August but it does feel like there's a little bit of a lull for movies until like November or whatever so who knows what kind of structural announcements what's we'll get in then. November <sighs> That's a great question, Giselle. I, they, is it they, something? They, they, um, oh, I'm like, what? they move stuff around. I do think there is something in November. Yeah, it's Black Panther Wakanda Forever. In November 2022? November 11th, 2022. <gasps> I, I, I had a feeling it was Black Panther. It, that, which feels crazy considering the chaos that was the behind the scenes that we heard of with that movie. 
Um, yeah, Thor Love and Thunder, July 8th, a month from today, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, November 11th, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, February 17th, The Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 3, May 5th, The Marvels, July 28th. And that's, that's everything announced. Okay. Hold on, sorry. Oh my god. I don't even know how it just happened, but... Harry Styles just started playing in my headphones and I was like, is this me? Sorry, was, <laughs> I was literally like, wait, what's happening? I didn't He's even just anything. speaking to you. You okay. needed to calm down after our Marvel chat and um, Harry's there. Sorry, the last sentence you said I did not hear because I was shaken by Harry Oh, I was just reading out the dates. The last okay. date that we have is July, next July for the Marvels and then there's nothing on the slate. There's technically Fantastic Four but they haven't announced a date because they haven't announced a cast or And are we getting Secret Invasion in December? I feel like they're probably done filming that. I mean, that's something I'm interested to see. Olivia Coleman in the MCU. Come on. Same. Like, Secret Invasion. A lot of these projects, I'm like, that's what, what I'm excited What about Armor Wars, Giselle? What about Don Cheadle's show? Oh, I, was thinking like, about, us- I was thinking about that when I was on the LIRR the other day. It popped into my head. I said, Don Cheadle was promised a show. <laughs> and give- where is his show? Of course we're giving <laughs> fucking Jeremy Renner a show before we give Don <laughs> Cheadle his time in the sun. Oh, my God. Oh, Jesus. Can I tell you just a quick little tidbit before we sign off? Um, guess what they played at F45 this afternoon? What? Motivation by Miss Normani. Oh, my God. Speaking of, I feel like I've had so many conversations about Normani recently. Like, oh, my God. We didn't even fucking. We won't get into it. We'll talk about it in two weeks. Demi Lovato's coming out with oh. a new song. It is literally chaos walking. I can't even begin to speak the- about it. Yeah, the the name of the um It's like Hello to the Devil. Well, That's what it fucking the feels album, like. The album is coming out in August, she said. Um it's called Also Holy everyone Fuck. she is now going by she they, so Yes, we can clarify that to we everyone. We can't say now. Demi is she, yeah. Um Skin of My Teeth drops on Friday, the single, and Holy Fuck with a V instead of as the U is um is coming out August 19th. And after the release of the album, Lovato will embark on the Holy Fuck tour. Yeah. Can you believe it's her eighth studio album, Giselle? I absolutely cannot. I have to just, like, there was a time in my life where Demi Lovato, nothing meant more to me than Demi Lovato. Nothing mattered more to me than Honestly, in the early days of this podcast. Than Demetria Lovato. But I have to say, I don't care. I can't care. I, I can't. Investing in Demi Lovato is too much for it's my bad own for your personal mental health. Mental it's health. bad for your mental health. And you seeing can't. her go about this era is, I know it's leading to darkness, so I can't even subscribe. I cannot subscribe to it because it stresses me out so much. So that's one thing. Other thing on the Normani thing you said, uh, I am not giving Normani any more energy until she drops the fucking album. She's lied to me too many times. Normani, where is it? I'm done. You've lied. It, you've girl? lied. You've cheated. You've stole from me. <laughs> because <laughs> my time, my energy, my patience. <laughs> all of that. The last thing, which is on this kind of topic, which is funny, I saw a TikTok that were like, if these two people were still making music today, it'd be over for the girls. And the first one was Zendaya, which is obviously everyone yeah. knows. But the second is Bridget Mendler. And if you guys didn't listen to Bridget Mendler's Hurricane album. I literally saw Bridget Mendler. Think, think the clouds are clogging up my brain like the like weather. Like the weather drain stains and the tears on my, fa- my face. Ace. 
Yeah, I saw a bunch of men there at a mall concert at the fucking Mesa. I'm absolutely so fucking jealous of you. Genuinely. It was, it was one of the best days of my life. So with that, I leave you with, Meg, can we, can not to give you more work, can you fucking put a clip of Hurricane right here so that people absolutely. can understand? that was Bridget Mendler and we hope you take that into the And you know TV. what she did? She went and she got like her PhD in at like MIT or something. Yes. So she's, she's saving she's, lives. She's doing she's doing the better path but also we miss you Bridget. Right. She's not only saving people's lives in real life, she's literally saving the lives of pop girlies of future past because she didn't make more music. You know what? She People's, saved your necks. Some some pop girlie who's making music right now should sample Hurricane. Come on. Bring Bridget, that would go. What? That would go number one. Bring Bridget Mendler to Coachella. That's the that's the show I want to see. That's the nostalgia <laughs> kick I want to see. Oh come on. So yeah, in our two weeks that we're gone, watch us watch the shows, but most importantly, put on Bridget Mendler's Bridget album. Mendler. Maybe stream she'll... her. Stream her, please. <laughs> should we get her? I guarantee. I give. I bet if we messaged her, she'd come on this podcast. Should we do that? We should definitely do that. Okay, we we're mani- we're manifesting that today. We're gonna fucking message Bridget Mendler and get her on the podcast. If we we're gonna do have that, to watch, we're going to have to go, we're going to have to binge all of Good Luck Charlie on Disney Plus. Wait, no, Meg. On. Also, like, let's not forget the iconic stuff on the clip thing. I mean, the absolute most iconic film of all time. Wait, no. This would be such a moment for me. I fucking love Bridget Mendler. Okay, well, everyone, manifest that into the world for us. Stream Bridget Mendler's Manifest album. us having an amazing vacation. Yes, that too. <laughs> um, we love you all so much. We'll miss you while we're gone. We will you miss you. You can find us on the gram and on TikTok also. Yes! Um, and most importantly, love you, Meg. Love you, G. Here comes the sun, here comes the rain. Standing in the eye of the hurricane. Okay. Yeah.